podcast, Corporate Courtney, and I am your host, Courtney Johnson. And I know you guys missed last week's episode. I really am sorry, but the rain in Atlanta blew something in kind of miserable. And I am a waterhead baby, as my granny would say. I can't function when my allergies are on deck and I was suffering. I thought, okay, maybe I won't be able to record on Wednesday and I'll just kind of record Thursday before release date and no one would notice anything. And I was no better Thursday. So I knew if I couldn't stand the way I could talk or breathe, y'all wouldn't want to hear it either. So I just decided to go ahead and skip it anyways. But thank you for your concern. Um, A lot of you reached out to see what was going on. Um, Just I made a last minute decision that It wasn't worth trying to fight through it. And I appreciate your patience. So the week before, I did something on social media. So if you don't follow me on Instagram, um, you can at the underscore corporate court. Um, I did a corporate Courtney bingo. And I promised anyone who filled it out and shared with a friend or did any promotion of the corporate Courtney bingo card would go ahead and get a shout out on the next floor. So here we are, floor 15. So I wanted to give a shout out to Eliza R, Alita K, Michelle A, Basha C, Tyler R, Taylor B, and Morgan J for sharing and playing and enjoying all of my silliness. Um, It's not too late either. So if you go to underscore corporate court, You can see one of my posts and it's the corporate bingo card. So go ahead and pull it up and throw on a GIF or a star or whatever on anything that you can get four in a row or fill out the whole board. I believe in you. But yes, thank you all for participating. It was loads of fun seeing you guys get excited about getting triple bingos or filling out the whole board. So um, very appreciative to everyone. And a few of you even went and put reviews on Apple Podcasts. So thank you. Um... I don't quite know what that does, nor do I care, but it seemed kind of cool to get some words underneath my cute little cartoon face. And for all my lean-in ladies, or for any woman who's been in corporate America longer than a year, the subject this week is imposter syndrome. And for those of you who aren't familiar with imposter syndrome, I'll get into kind of what that really is, because people throw the term out there a lot, and Maybe diving in a little will set some groundwork for a lot of people on what a lot of what a lot of females are talking about. So imposter syndrome is really more of this persistent feeling of inadequacy, even though there's proof of the opposite and this constant fear of making a mistake and that that mistake may get you blackballed because in corporate America, they can find somebody to do your job tomorrow. So that fact constantly 
sits in the back of your mind. And so every little thing you do, you feel has to be perfect or that you don't quite live up or measure up to the idea of what you're doing. And so there's this intellectual fraudulent feeling and you don't want anyone to kind of figure it out that you're faking it till you make it, even though you're doing a lot of the groundwork and all of the preparation to where you're not actually faking it, but you consistently feel that way. When the first scientific study was done in 1978 by Clance and Imes, they kind of defined it as competent, high-functioning individuals who tend to minimize their accomplishments and attribute their success to luck and fear being outed as a fraud. So a lot of us are kind of feeling like we're kids playing in dress-up clothes and eventually someone's going to figure out it's just a kid underneath that trench coat as opposed to a real analyst or a real manager. And sometimes some of this isn't just in your head, right? There are scenarios and situations that validate some of the fear that we're looking at. Like, I can be in a meeting and suggest an idea And there's no warm reception. No one wants to dig further. It's all whatever. However, if Brett makes that same comment later, it's instantly considered. Even though I'm capable, I'm riddled with doubt and fear because it's not regularly accepted. And I will make this call out. Men can suffer from imposter syndrome. I know that in that original study the 1978 one, that it was called out that this only affects women. And as we've grown since 1978, we've seen that men suffer from the same idea. They're in the office. They don't quite feel the same. But there's a certain nuance to being female. And there is an extremely certain nuance to being a black female. The idea of being othered in an environment also helps exacerbate the idea that You aren't good enough. When you look around, you don't quite see anyone like you succeeding or in these high places. You don't necessarily see people operating in that same flow. And so for females, that is very much so the aspect in a lot of the corporate America settings that we have from day to day. And that otherness can stem from a lot of the idea that women are objectified in the office. And I know when I say objectification or something of the sort, People always think sexualized and it doesn't have to be just sexualized. In fact, a lot of times it can be animalistic dehumanization and appearance focused. And those things tend to help validate the idea that someone is othered and they aren't to be taken as seriously. So there's all of these ideas around, well, if so-and-so doesn't see me as important, then I must not be important. And then it only legitimizes that fraudulent feeling that you may have already had. So when it comes to black women in corporate America, it's only further othered because white women can internalize the same ideas and the same stereotypes that other white men see as well. Though they may suffer from the same otheredness and the same feelings They project it as well onto other black women in the workplace because of the way society tells us to see black women. 
you know, there's stereotypes all around. So women are too emotional, um, so they can't make great leaders or women aren't good at math and science, so they can't really dive into the details that are needed. Blacks are lazy or they lack integrity. And these messages are thrown around from day to day in television and in commercials. And even if we're, we know those things aren't true, they sit in the back of your head. And you can fear that's how you're being seen by your coworkers or your leaders. And sometimes that means you're more likely not to speak up. And then you're seen as not valuable because you don't bring value to conversations and meetings. And so you're only perpetuating the fear over and over again. So yeah, you're like, okay, Courtney, I'll bite. White women, although they may suffer from imposter syndrome, they can project the same things and cause it worse for black women. But that could be black people in general. Black men suffer the same stereotypes that blacks are lazy and lack integrity, right? But then you have to look at the black experience. It's often male centralized in the first place. I mean, when government agencies look to try and help black people, and I'm using air quotes, they tend to go and view black men as the endangered species. But there are no studies that conclusively conclude that there are more dissipated black men than there are black women. I mean, we start these programs like My Brother's Keeper, but there's no girl versions. So the same issues that plague our black men plague our black girls, but we don't do a ton of outreach to help them and to save them. Not to say that the work that needs to be done to make sure that black men feel inclusive in these situations and these scenarios Oftentimes, black women are just left out of the conversation altogether. So black women's racism is gendered and her sexism is racialized. There's this intersectionality that we have to cross every day by being a double minority. So then the stereotypes that are specific to black women only make us othered even further in the office. I mean, black women have over the years been considered hypersexual, or they're just not seen, so they're quiet. Then there's the angry, strong black woman stereotype, and that's only perpetuated by the idea that there's a certain professional style that black women carry with themselves and the perspectives, and that's often deemed aggressive or nonconforming, and my favorite word, abrupt. So we tend to suffer from isolation, which only exacerbates the imposter syndrome that we're already feeling from whatever else could be being generated. So maybe now, on top of the fact that your parents didn't really praise the work that you did or it was just expected that you'd be extraordinary, so it was no big whoop, you did something and it was great, then it was, all right, so what's next? But now we're adding on top of that all of these other environmental factors. Like right now, women of color make up 5% of the managerial and professional positions um, and that came from a study from the American Progress Catalyst. So if you're ever interested in the numbers in the office, that is a great place to start. Um, so when we look around to say, hey, maybe I can be the next vice president of IBM. Is there precedent? Is there someone that you could talk to about the things that you're seeing or the fears that you have? And a lot of the times the answer is no. So then. The only way for you to feel like you can absolutely conquer and do that next step is to boss up and have this confidence overwhelmingly flow out of you. And for some, that is way easier than others. 
a lot of women are often taught to put others first and to not be boastful. And it just intrinsically happens as we go through life. So a lot of the times we don't talk about our skills and our successes and our wins because we don't want to be seen as cocky or overdoing it. But when we don't talk about it, we don't really realize what our strengths are. So then we constantly feel like we're faking it or even that our successes aren't genuine, even though they're proven. You can be told in all of your performance reviews that you're doing a great job, you've got great people skills, and you know how to explain things well. But when it comes down to you trying to identify what would make you be a great manager, everything you've ever done starts to swill into your head and then you're at a loss for, what am I actually really good at? So then you don't speak up for when you think that you need to be valued or think that you need to be considered for the next promotion or the next job. And a lot of times women feel like they need to check all the boxes before they raise their hands. And in most scenarios, men can see one or two and feel like, hey, if they don't like it, they'll let me know, which is the ideal way to survive in corporate America. More of us as women need to take on that attitude. We need to start being boastful about what we're good at why we should be considered for things. Instead, we start to try and be perfect at everything so that we can prove that we're great and we overwork ourselves. And if no matter what you do, you're not good enough, how far up the ladder can you really take yourself, right? Or if you're so afraid that you're only in a place because you meet some sort of quota and you're working so hard to prove that you belong and you don't ask help, And even when compliments are coming, you don't internalize it. You're only overworking yourself and giving yourself burnout. That isn't quite necessary to be the success that you are in this area. So I'm not perfect. I suffer from imposter syndrome, not only in my professional life, but in my personal life as well. It's just kind of how I am. But you've got to start finding ways to overcome it. Otherwise, it can hinder you greatly. You can't think of everything that you do abstractly. You got to tackle each task and each thing individually and try and imagine the skill sets that are required to do it. And when you write all that down, you'll be able to see that you're more than capable of doing whatever it is you believe you aren't capable of doing. Otherwise, imposter syndrome can bleed into what roles you try to take, what promotions you go for, and you can find yourself stuck. Or it can bleed into your managerial style and you can be micromanaging because you want everything perfect because that's how you operate. And that's not fair to your employees. You set a standard that's impossible to meet and people don't want to work for you and you're going to get bad remarks as a manager or a lot of people underneath you are going to leave and then you stub yourself for your own promotions. You may be really good at your job, but people don't want to work for you. All of these things can absolutely hold you back. And all of it's in your head. There are other reasons that you should try and figure out how to move up the corporate louder outside of you sabotaging yourself. So like I said, try and look at it from this point of view. You're going for a manager spot. Think of all the skills required to be a great manager. If you were to report to that manager, what would they do? What does that job look like? Write out some of the ideas and some of the things. 
most of the time you'll notice one you're already doing it or two you're more than capable of doing it it's not as hard as you may think it is when you break it down into something tangible you can see what it is that you need to get done and even if you aren't capable already if you look at it you can prep for it and do it the problem usually is is that you're already prepped and you have all the information and you still think that you're not ready or you're not quite capable and that's not fair to you you got to admit the fear exists and once you're able to say hey i know that i am fearful of this next step and i'm fearful of what that looks like or what other think people think of me in that role you'll be able to see it and push past it because once you write it down or you speak it out loud a lot of the times it sounds just as ridiculous as you think it would coming from a friend. And speaking of friends, keep positive people around you. People who are always letting these stereotypes and these ideas and these feelings of them not being good enough can also bring you down. Misery loves company. But if you surround yourself with positive people and people who are working to do the work themselves, because I'm not saying don't befriend people who are also suffering from imposter syndrome. That's stupid. You're not going to find too many ladies that way. But if you can find people who understand I need to push through this and these are some of the ways that I would want to do it, you'll also start to pick up on some of those ideas and put them and practice them in, in your own life. I mean, list out your goals. Make a timeline about those goals and take the actions you need to make it. You're already doing a lot of the work to be prepped and prepared for a lot of this. But if you attach them to the goals that you want for yourself, either professionally or, or personally, you'll be able to see them and you won't underestimate the work that you can do. And this one's a biggie. You've got to overestimate your abilities. Boast about the work that you're doing. And for women, I know this is really hard, right? We have a tendency to underestimate our abilities and underboast what we do. There's no I in team. But you need to start speaking up about what it is that you bring to the table and doing so pridefully. Announce what you've been working on. Talk about what you've been responsible. I spoke to the client and I got this. Or I put together this deck. I'm not saying push all of your coworkers under a bus. But I am saying when the time is right, make sure you're announcing your successes. And when you get compliments or really good reviews, write them down personally somewhere in like a notebook or at your house somewhere. So when you're trying to think of all your strengths, you've kind of got an idea. I'm not saying, you know, wear it on a t-shirt or say affirmations to make you feel better because if that's not your thing, is not going to help anyway. But a visual that kind of groups together some strengths that you have could come in handy later on down the road when you're starting to doubt yourself in situations. And like I said, I'm not the perfect person to take this advice from because I struggle to do it from day to day myself. But I hope this is a good starting point for some of us to get past imposter syndrome. I'm not saying you can cure it all together. I don't think that I've seen anything out on the interwebs or in conversations with mentors that have the cure to it all. Um, and some people are just born with the confidence to never have to suffer from it. Black, white, Puerto Rican, or Asian, like it ain't ever going to be the problem. 
so they may not understand where I'm coming from. And not every episode is going to be for everybody. But for those of you who are suffering, I hope these are good starter steps to see where not only could it hinder you, but what you can do to take steps to push past it and to validate what you're feeling. Because at the end of the day, some of the things that we experience only legitimize the imposter syndrome that we're feeling. And we're going to continue to have that problem as long as we don't see people like us in the positions that we want to be in. Or even if we do, we don't have a lot of access to them. So there's just going to be a hurdle that we're going to have to overcome ourselves and push past it and be the first or one of few and start reaching down and helping others as they are working their way through. More than likely, it's not all smoke and mirrors. You are where you are because you've earned it. You are where you are because you're the best candidate. You are humble about your work. You are exceptional. You are fantastic. And the sooner you start believing it, the further you're going to be going. So I can only hope that some of these words and some of these ideas help reaffirm that you are that bitch and you got this. And that a lot of what you think hinders you from getting further is all in your head and you can tackle it and you can knock it out and you can push through. I mean, that idea and that mindset that you aren't great and that you are not enough isn't true. You're a boss. You're a leader. And it's okay if sometimes you got to cry in your own little two-seater. It is a part of the game. But dry those tears up. Write down what your fears and your ideas are and keep it pushing. And that's all I've got for you this week. For those of you who don't already, please follow me on social media at underscore corporate court. And if you have questions, stories, or feelings, feedback about this week's episode, go ahead and send that to the corporate Courtney podcast at gmail.com. And I look forward to next week's floor. Thank you guys for sticking around with me. And as always, toodles.